Good morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to the Worldwide Podcast. And I'm not sure if you guys ever got to know about this small land, really tiny land in nearby Switzerland called Liechtenstein. <laughs> What an amazing story we are going to have right now today in this episode. But before introducing our amazing guest, Juliana Beck, I just want to ask, how is Guilherme? How are you doing, bro? Where are you, bro? How's it going? Birthday boy! already completed yes. uh 24 24, 24 oh, yeah. which is right. crazy yesterday yesterday wow valentine's day <laughs> my happy day happy birthday, little bro. how's it going guys moved to thailand a couple months literally at training camp so i'm just working and training and working and training it's a whole thing it's nothing like i i, I used to do in chile this is a whole different martial art here it's fun We'll see how I do if I actually eventually fight in the ring here with someone. But yeah, it's Thailand is absolutely beautiful. Of course, it's insanely touristic. Everybody comes here. But once you see it with your eyes, it's a whole new world. So I'm very excited to spend here three months. And today we have a country that I have a funny history with called Liechtenstein. And before introducing our guest, I will just say this. In every networking event that I want to troll someone... I always say I'm from Liechtenstein because they always <laughs> get confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> so I'm so happy to talk about this episode. So Juliana Beck, how are you doing? Talk to I'm us a little bit. I'm very well. <laughs> I'm very well. Well, happy belated birthday. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good. Lots going on. Really good. Right now, but yeah. For sure. Is So the first thing that I want to ask is, Do you people act weird when you say that you're living in Liechtenstein? I mean, maybe not in Germany because they may know Liechtenstein, but when you go a little bit more abroad and you talk about Liechtenstein, do people are, are people also a bit surprised? Yes, absolutely. Um, and what happens all the time is that it gets confused with Luxembourg or Lithuania. Right. Um, mm. And what also happens is, I mean, it doesn't happen at airports anymore, but um, that you're just not on the list for things. So, you know, when you, you book stuff online and you have this drop down and you scroll through all the countries, sometimes Liechtenstein is just not on it. Um, <laughs> so it gets forgotten all the time. Um, and the funny thing is also when you open up the passport, um, there's a map of Europe. And then it's kind of, there's like a little magnifying glass and it's, it's bigger. So they've, they've kind of had to make the, the to zoom bigger in the passport. <laughs> so it places it, but the actual, it places it higher up on the map of Europe. So people are very confused where it is. And then you have to say, no, no, no. It's that little dot down there <laughs> between Austria and Switzerland. It's not the blown up version that is printed here in the passport. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite funny. Um, People usually have heard one or two or three things about Liechtenstein that you hear all the time. You know, it's one of the tax havens in Europe. That's what you hear in the casinos mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, finance is always um, the first thing that people associate with Liechtenstein if they have heard of it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it has so much more to offer and it's a beautiful place. Um, we have mountains, there's a ski resort. We have gorgeous landscape just in this tiny country. Um, and it's, yeah, it's lovely to live here. I enjoy it a lot. For sure. And um, the difference with the other really small countries, for example, Andorra, since I'm Portuguese, Andorra is very popular mm -hmm. there. Is Andorra, yes. everybody knows because they go ski there. 
So people yeah. always know about Andorra because it's the ski place mm -hmm. from Spain, from France, from Portugal. And yeah. Luxembourg, for some reason, everybody knows about Luxembourg. I don't know why, yeah. but it's widely popular and widely known for some reason. But it's also, yeah, a very small country. Yeah, lots of Portuguese people going there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Luxembourg. We have a big, big Portuguese okay. community in Luxembourg. Like... 80% yeah. of the population, probably. Oh, really? <laughs> Crazy, yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Liechtenstein, it's it's so interesting because it, the languages are German and are there any other languages or just that? It's mainly, it is mainly German. It's a dialect. So the local spoken language is a dialect of German, um, which mm. is different to the Swiss, to be honest. Um, Swiss have this very... Um, you can hear it. They have this like kind of very unique, but always scratching the voice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in Liechtenstein, not so much. They're a little bit more mixed because it's it's all mixed a bit with Swiss, Austrian, the kind of countries that are around. Um, and there's eleven towns here, or eleven eleven counties, let's say, that are part that make the country. Um, and each town also has different words for things not all of them but just a couple um so you can even sometimes tell who is from what town within the country and this is a place that is eight by 20 kilometers big it's smaller <laughs> than a lot of cities in europe it's tiny but even between the different towns there's some differences in some words um which is very difficult for people who move here um we just have friends who've moved here from Dubai for work for three years and they're trying to learn German and they, they learn the normal, the one you learn in school, sure. but people yeah. don't speak it that clearly and they have this dialect. So it's really hard for people to learn German when they're here. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's quite funny. Um, that, uh, <laughs> that happens. That's a, that's a difference between the different towns. Yeah. And, stuff. That's crazy, and it's crazy right? because sometimes I feel like my hometown is so small but then I look the population of Liechtenstein and I'm like, well, that's basically my hometown. We've reached, <laughs> we small, have actually. reached 40,000 people. This is a very proud moment. So in 2024, wow, let's go. <laughs> that's so, crazy. Uh, yeah, it was under that for a long time. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's crazy because right here in Rio, like we have to... <laughs> To 12, <laughs> yeah, we, are, we have 12 million people. How many right Liechtensteins does it fit in Rio de Janeiro? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be the yeah, question. One of the stadiums or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Like, like the whole Maracana is yeah. Liechtenstein. Like, Liechtenstein. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy cool. because we got 12 million right here. And like, uh, I've lived in Faro. And for me, Faro is like one of their. The tiniest city I have ever been in my life, and they are. It is right. Million. Yeah, and they are fifty. And uh, imagine 50, my city, Olhão, right just right next to Faro, and I think yeah. that's a small town. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah imagine a small country. But the nice thing is that you do know everyone. Everyone knows mm. everyone. Everyone's related to each other in a way. <laughs> <laughs> but everything yeah. very. Perfect. Um, because we have lived, my, my husband and I, we've lived in Dubai for a very long time. Um, so we have experienced the kind of multi-million people, cities. Um, mm -hmm. And you really don't know people. The more people there are, the less amount of people you know. Is kind of what I feel like, especially in big cities. Um, and here, I mean, we're in culture. We work in arts and culture and theater and film. Um, and we know the people in the government who are who are responsible to deal with our needs and funding and all sorts of legislation around arts and culture. 
um, and we meet them on the street and we know them and we're on first name basis and and it's just shorter and it's more personal and you feel like um, yeah it's, it's just one more integrated thing. yeah yeah that's um, pretty cool that's, that's what I was gonna fun. say very important for art as yeah. well. Yeah, and everyone says, I mean, in German, you have this, you don't have this in English, which is quite nice, because you can just say you to someone. But yeah. in German, in Germany, let's say, um, you have a more um, formal way of addressing people and a more informal way. Um, and here in Liechtenstein, with no question, you're directly informal immediately, um, which is very nice. It's very personal, um, which is lovely. It's nice to, to be here. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool because it happens the same in Portuguese between Brazil yeah. and Portugal. And we Very actually much. used always the informal way to call people. Yeah. And right there in Portugal, they actually defer the two yeah. the two ways to I address hate people. I, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and I someone with you, well. Julie. Yeah. You have yeah. that awkward conversation of like, Exactly. And, and then the old And you never know sucks. when to be formal and informal because yeah. sometimes <laughs> The person's older, but you're friends with yeah. them, but not two friends. And then yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, should I? Uh, yeah. And imagine <laughs> me as a foreigner right there in Portugal. Yeah. It was yeah. horrible. Like, even yeah. then, they feel, you know, it's hard. Imagine yeah. myself right there as a foreigner trying to address people and don't know uh, if I call you sir and if I call you you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. very hard. And, it, and it's really cool about what you just said about feeling more connected to the people because... I hear so many stories on big cities like Tokyo, so many people, but still people feel alone, even though they're <laughs> surrounded by people. And then you've got, you know, these small countries and small cities like Liechtenstein, where even though there's less people, you feel so at home yeah. and yeah. Uh, connected to everyone. And Yeah. 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 I mean, so there's you're... always a good side and a bad side to that, too. So if you ever do anything mm -hmm. that people don't agree with everybody knows, knows <laughs> or this afternoon <laughs> everyone knows immediately so you can't mess up in Liechtenstein. but if you steal a piece of gum from the store everybody is oh chasing you with pictures yeah. and forks <laughs> julie You'll stole the gum chaser <laughs> immediately yeah well but there is one crazy thing which mm -hmm. i had no idea it was possible not to have in the country which is an airport yeah, <laughs> that was the craziest thing i've ever fact. heard in my life Liechtenstein not having an airport, so people have to fly to Zurich, Zurich and then catch yeah. a bus, a one-hour bus one to Liechtenstein. It's reach longer than that, actually. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like an hour and a half from the airport to get here. That's quite normal for people here, but um, yeah, there's just no where would you put an airstrip? I don't, I don't think where there's no space. Oh, you could. <laughs> there's no space but i guess even yeah. san marino which is the smallest country like in europe yeah. i guess they got an airport right there if i'm wrong yeah. you can correct me yeah probably probably and it's like a, an helicopter place or like at a least, at private least. jet something like yeah. a one, one lane of you know yeah yeah. yeah, we do have a heli, like if you come by your own private helicopter, I think there is a helicopter place you can land. All right. right. But no. Okay. I need but an helicopter to go to Liechtenstein. It's not fly to Zurich. Yeah. Amazing. Wow, yeah. good to know. Fun fact. All right, let's talk about your improv and your mm -hmm. business in Liechtenstein. But before yes. that, you, you told us that you lived in Dubai and that is very, very interesting. So what mm -hmm. were you doing in Dubai? Was it studying, working? Talk to us. 
Yeah, so um, my dad has lived there for a very long time. He's also German, but he's moved out there um, in the late 90s. Um, and I grew up in Germany. And then I've always known that I wanted to work in theater and the arts. And then there was the option to go to school in Dubai when I was 15 um, and get an international education. And then I could work wherever I would want to. Um, and then my choice was either I studied that in Germany and then kind of the German speaking countries or regions would be kind of where I could work. Um, or if I go to an international school, the world is my oyster, right? <laughs> so I ended up moving there um, and went to school first. And then um, that's also where I met my husband, who is okay. from Lichtenstein with the passport and everything. Um, and his family had <laughs> moved out there as well um, in the 90s um, for his dad to work there. And, um, and then in between, so I finished my school in Dubai, kind of high school. Um, and then I went to university in England, but I was always in the holidays in Dubai. And then I came back after uni and I worked for an improv theater there um, full time as a workshop manager, as an instructor and yeah, part of the team. I performed there. Um, so really my introduction to improv was when I came back from uni back to Dubai and worked at this really small, it was a family run business, um, very much similar to what we have here now. Um, mm. And it was a very good experience. Um, and yeah, and then 2020 came and went <laughs> and the family had moved back to Liechtenstein. And then we said, well, we kind of didn't want to always stay there because we do like the countryside. We do like um, being connected to family because you could really mm. feel in 2020 how far away it is. You could never, Dubai is such a turning point between flights coming and going and people coming and going. And you always have that sense of if your family is not that far away, you just hop on a plane, no matter what it costs, and you can go. But during COVID, the airport was closed for three months. And then you can't just get in a car and drive somewhere. Um, yeah. And you really felt isolated. Um, and especially with something that's about health and your family and everything, feeling so far away, um, kind of accelerated we always knew we were going to leave dubai dubai is not forever um for a lot of people it's very a transitional place um and between three and ten years is the usual <laughs> how long people mm. last there um and we knew we were going to go back and i think covid gave us the push to go um and then we wanted to decide where and we said well if we do want to have a family of our own one day we need to be close to family so we decided to move to Liechtenstein, where my husband's family is from mainly, um, because we want to work in the arts and it's not just a safe job all the time. Um, so we knew we needed that kind of um, security. And also it's a lovely country. It's financially stable. Um, the UK or Scotland were another options we were thinking of, but it's just with the economy and investing and we had saved up to buy a house and stuff like that. So sure. we wanted it somewhere. Yeah, safe. Brexit, everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Brexit was happening. Um, so for us, it was really an easy choice to come back here. And I'd been here a lot of times before. Um, I've known my husband now for 12 years and I've almost come every summer since I've known him. Um, so I knew what I was getting into. I knew how small it was and how kind of tight knit it was. Um, but there's also a lot of opportunity here. And having lived in Germany, the UK and Dubai and worked in the arts in all of those countries. And I know people here complain sometimes. But there is a lot of support. You can, in, mm. in the cultural sector here, you can be a big cog and a small machine. You can do a lot of things. You have a lot of opportunities. You know people. You can get your funding. And in all the other places, you're just one other person who's trying to 
fight for the pot of money that's just too exactly. small for them. Um, and that mainly is also in our sector, like mainly so here we, we really can't complain. And there's an interest. I mean, obviously, people are still very um, kind of, I don't want to call it lazy or reluctant, but it's taking time for people to go out again. I feel like this year or kind of from the second half of last year, you're getting back to how it was before COVID. Um, but going out to the cinema, to the theater, to restaurants and stuff on a regular basis, doing that during the week after work, people were just like, oh, I'll just go home and watch Netflix. I've been used to doing that for like two years. So getting people out of that rhythm and out. Um, yeah, to being more active. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just really now coming back for real how it was before wow Amazing. yeah thank you for sharing thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah so much really good um, and i i i wanted to ask um do, in, in dubai were you in any so you were in in an international school with other nationalities as well so not yeah. just germany but also yeah completely lots of different nationalities and how hard yeah. was it like because i feel like the middle east had you know those closed borders for arts and kind of stuff you know i've watched lots of movies on movie like <laughs> right there from from the middle east and yeah. i just feel like it like the, like the, yeah. they don't support the culture right there i mean um um you're not wrong i mean they're very they're very um they're very cultured. I mean, they're they're one of the oldest. Um, I mean, they have so much. They have so much culture themselves. But it's, and that's quite similar to what it says. It's quite funny how much similarities there are between the UAE and Liechtenstein, actually. And not just that they're royalty <laughs> at the top, but okay. um, it's the kind of classical art that is appreciated. So there's poetry, there's literature, there's fine art, there's that kind of stuff that's really supported and really elevated. Um, but things like theater, comedy, all of those things, um, they, they are not funded by the government. So the theater I worked for had never received government funding at all. It was all from workshops from doing corporate workshops doing improv with companies working with kids um so we were mainly a training center doing courses which was the main income and then we also had shows um but there you just have that interest you have so many nationalities so um you're just speaking of my school there's 100 different nationalities in my school hmm. and no one no one is the is is the 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 outsider because we're all in this together um and everyone sure. and we celebrated an, an international day every year where every all the different kids different ages they all got into groups of their countries and everyone brought something some food and some performance from their countries and stuff so you Very learned a lot and there wasn't just this is who we are as a as a society and then if you're not from here you're the kind of you're a bit as an outsider you seem like that um so there it is very cherished the international kind of melting mindset. pot yeah, that's why that's, I love to live in a place yeah. like that. When I was living in, in Cape Town in South Africa, you see not just people from every country in Africa, but also from all around the world. Like, I, I guess the big melting pot would be New York, but there's so many other places in the world there that are, sure. that as well have so much yeah. of yeah. different people, different cultures. And funny you mentioned background. Cape Town. The theater, the theater in Dubai was run by South Africans from Cape Town. Okay. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So I, I was going to tell you, I was going to tell you the yeah. first or my first experience in improv and in theater was in Cape Town. Oh, so it was your first job in life, right? 
I mean, no, after basically, you, yeah. yeah. Who, maybe I know them actually. Who did you do it with? Like, I don't remember the name. So it was in a um, it was like in a club, like an actual club. But during the day, they would do theater type stuff. Oh, cool. And I went to yeah. do like a class because I found it on 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 Facebook, and nice. um, and I was so curious because I've always was so fascinated with improv, and I'm I'm a little bit confident and extrovert so i was like okay this is this is going to be easy for me i was yeah. there no it's so hard <laughs> might be yeah. very hard it's yeah wow. it's, uh, it's a lot of processing all the time and a lot of things going on but yeah that's funny yeah probably yeah because i'm quite connected to the south african improv community too um so yeah it could be possible that i know those people but yeah yeah um, that's cool. That's cool. Um, well, yeah. So, and the, so that was that was the kind of uh, interesting, interesting thing there that that you have so many different nationalities and stuff. I really enjoyed it. And even here, um, since we've reached here, we've because um, there's a lot of companies here. They have a lot of HQs here for tax reasons, right? So there's a lot mm -hmm. of international people. And quite quickly, we we found so many. I'm on a WhatsApp group with like 200 international English-speaking ladies that live here. Um, and you wouldn't think that exists because everything is very, everyone is from this area and they're all Swiss and Liechtenstein. But there are so many expats and we now have two shows a month in English and it's the Ooh. only entertainment program, live shows now, um, in English. Yeah, that, that was what I was going to ask you yeah, because we whenever I looked at you. your pages and draw as well, yeah, it was yeah. only German. And I was like, do they do any English shows? Because again, you performed in Dubai and you performed yeah. in um, in the UK. Yeah, but that's really cool to out. hear. That's really cool to hear. Like doing shows for the cool. expats and for the yeah. English community there. Absolutely. And I was wondering yeah, also about this this championship that you're going to do right there. Like I don't know how to call it. Like and since it's like international competition, this is probably going to be in English, right? Yes. Yeah. So right. the the European Championships, um, they are they're held in English. All right. Um, we're quite lucky that we that we got chosen because there was um 78 teams from all over Europe that applied. 78 teams from all Ooh. over Europe and 18 got invited to come to represent. So I'm obviously in Liechtenstein. There's only one team. There's only all right. us who submitted, but <laughs> in like Germany and France and Austria and Switzerland, there's so many improv Amen. groups. Um, so I'm sure that's choosing someone within a country is quite difficult. But yeah, it looks really cool. We're super excited to represent Liechtenstein um, and put it on the map because improv with a fixed group didn't exist here until we came. So that's, yeah, it's very cool. Congrats. Yeah, Julie. when you. Congrats. You're a pioneer. Right yeah. Now. We're very okay, nervous, congrats. to be honest. They posted on Instagram all of these. They have like football cards that they made yeah. of everyone. Um, and I think they'll actually print them for the for the championship when we're there. Um, and they put everyone everyone's experience in years on the cards, and we're the kind of we're the new kids on the block. <laughs> One, two, three years experience, and everybody's like 20, 30. Yeah, some of them. I'm not even that old, if you know what I mean. They've got like five years of experience. I was like, I wasn't even born when you started doing improv. So let's see how that's gonna go. But yeah, we're very excited, and I think sometimes. Um, uh people you know with like fresh energy and stuff that's what we're hoping for that people who've done it for so long maybe they're set in their ways of sure and get this experience uh, from from them yeah might i be mean very, that's very nice for you absolutely that's the thing we're not going i mean everyone's going 
they're hoping sure. they'll sure. win. But, to win. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're very realistic about our targets. Um, but um, uh, yeah, we're just there to connect, to to meet people. Um, also, with improv generally, um, there's a huge community around Europe and around the world and visiting each other and playing at festivals and stuff and doing exchange shows where some players come to us and we go to them is something that we really want to kind of do next year. That's kind of on our list of things to do, not just to perform here, but to exchange with other groups. And I think going to the European Championships, hopefully we can make some friends um, and do some of those shows where we travel to them and we can welcome some people here, put Liechtenstein on the improv map of the world. On the map, um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh. That's what Wait. we're hoping, yeah. For sure. Talk to me, actually, how do you guys practice for these contests? Mm -hmm. So it's three members, you and two of your friends. How do you maneuver like in the practice to be able to be prepared for the for the contest? Yeah, so usually um, when we arrived um, in 2020, we quite quickly opened up an improv group. So we have had people who joined from the beginning and they have two, three years under their belt now. So we actually have an ensemble that trains every week. So every Monday night um, we train and we do different games and exercises which are common throughout all improv groups, which are probably some that you've done in your workshop that you went to. Um, probably. <laughs> things, you do things that... Um, where you do uh, games where you associate, where you come up with ideas really fast. Um, we practice for shows, so we play different kinds of shows, short form, where we play a lot of games, where we tell stories one word at a time, or we have a challenge where we get um, three post-its and you only get to ever say three statements in one scene. Or um, we have a musician that plays and they give us kind of a mood for the scene and we just improvise a scene we just improvise it's so hard, it's so hard to, to, to explain how the yeah, process yeah. is um there's a lot of exercises and a lot of games that is just repetition and you it's the same and i always when i teach workshops i always tell people improv is like yoga you do yoga because it's good for your body it's good to stretch and it's good for your mind because you kind of it's meditative right and improv is kind of the same in yoga you do some funny poses that you also wouldn't do at the grocery store in public you know <laughs> it, it looks it looks funny but we also do games and improv that make you feel silly or look silly but it really does something to your brain and you get faster and you get more spontaneous and you take risks and you're not scared and you don't think four times before you say something but it's just very intuitive and it's the same with exercise the more you do it the better you get the faster you get um and it's just you have to do it consistently and having training every week anyway, because we have four shows in our program right now, so we train consistently anyway. Um, that's kind yeah. of the preparation. So we don't really, we're not doing something extremely different to go to the championship. We do have someone coming this weekend actually doing a musical improv workshop with us, yeah. an external trainer. He's coming from Zurich um, to teach us how to improvise a song or how to play to music. Um, yeah, just how to sing, how to how to sing, which wait, because we're scared wait, wait. of singing. You so, have to sing. Yeah, I mean that's kind of part of everyone's improviser's kind of tool belt, and we know everyone who's going to the championships, they'll know how to do this. So every usually you have a pianist or someone on a guitar who improvises with you. Um, so we know at the championships there is someone for sure who's playing the piano, and we also have someone who started to play with us but more complementary to the scene. So she sets the mood 
or adjusts the mood when, when something's happening. But we haven't done an improvised song. So how do you do a chorus? How do you do a whatever? I don't I don't know anything about you, music, but just why you should you should surprise them with an a cappella show. Watch Pitch oh Perfect, do the same. <laughs> oh like, with I, I improv. I don't even know, like, rhythm and singing is really not my thing. But that's one thing where we said we don't know how to do this at all. And in the championships, because you're two teams, they might say, so there's always one director or two. And the two teams, they, they play with and against each other. So the director gives a challenge and says, hey, I would like to see the best improvised song. And then each group gives their scene, their sample, whatever it is. And then the audience gives points. So... And I'm sure that will come. That is something that is very known. That's a very traditional thing to, to have to improvise a song, but we've never done it and we've shied away from it till now. So just before we're going, we've invited an expert to teach us how to do this. To face your so fears. <laughs> yes, to face our fears. And it's happening this weekend and I've been ill all week. So <laughs> I'm going to have to push myself <laughs> to do it. But Amazing. that's, for example, one special thing that we're preparing for. Um, and yeah, otherwise we want to go watch some more theater sports shows because um, we haven't done it in a long time. So we'll do some research around the groups in the area. Um, but yeah, otherwise just go. I mean, that's the thing with improv. You jump into the deep end with every scene that you play and you just have to go and you just have to do it. Don't overthink it. Um, and that's what we're going to do. As long as you have fun and you're playful and yeah, things will happen. <laughs> so sure. And the... Uh, and again, yeah. with the benefits that you were saying, communication, it improves yeah. how well spoken you are, how you talk to people. Again, confidence. So mm. many times. Giving confidence, I mean. Yeah. In my own country, I see people that they don't know how to talk with someone. Mm -hmm. They shy away with, yeah. with words and they're just, they want to say something, but they, they're afraid to say it and they think and too sometimes much. Sometimes the people they, is not even shy. Yeah. Like just, 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 they just don't know how to yeah, articulate a sentence. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I always say theater. Go, and we always that have suck. that kind of thing where we turn to each other and we're like, oh, they need some improv. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 we always do that when we, or when someone's on the phone and, and we're exactly. like, oh, they need some improv. Just don't worry so much. Um, yeah, but that's why we also, I mean, in the improv community, it's a huge thing to offer them, offer workshops to companies. That's how a lot of improv theaters survive because um, it's quite lucrative and people need it. And especially in companies. Um, so, yeah, that's that's for sure a thing. And a lot of people like to do it in their own time. And it's just good. It's good for you. Like yoga also, is good for you. And also just for the audience. <laughs> also for the audience. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool to go to improv show like and watch. And yeah. you never like, know what to expect. I, I think exactly. that's why. Exactly. Every why. time it's different. Mm -hmm. It's 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 like watching MMA. You never exactly. know who's gonna win. Exactly. Because it's he can do a karate kick and win in yeah. three seconds. Unless the other you're guy is an expert in white tie or something. But yeah. Yeah. That's quite <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, and, yeah, quite funny you mentioned uh, MMA or wrestling. I had a friend in, at uni who wrote um, his master thesis on the correlation between improv theater and and uh, wrestling martial <laughs> <So>, arts <laughs> 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 <There is> something... <laughs> that is amazing what? Wow. but there is and the audience interaction right especially in wrestling maybe not maybe not MMA, wwe of fun. course there's but so it... much improv you act yeah. on the spot the moves are choreographed in a way but still 
if you do something wrong, you have to improvise Improv, on how yeah. to then turn around on it. There's so many times that they do that they do the moves wrong and then they have to do another one, but they have to improvise that move. And then the dialogue that they say to yeah. each other, it's like theater. It's theater yeah. with like um entertainment and with like martial arts, let's call it, or um what's the <laughs> I forgot the word, but yeah, which is like a martial arts. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's quite cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, your company, um, Creative, um, correct me, the name, Academy Creative, right? Was it yep. founded in Liechtenstein or did you start uh, in another country and then brought it to Liechtenstein? How was it? Um, so when my husband, since my husband and I met, we've always had this kind of idea or we've always talked about working together. We met through work. So we met on a film project. He's a, he studied uh, film producing and I did theater producing um, at uni. So we, we met through a, a creative project. So that's kind of um, anyway how we kind of are on the same level creatively in a way. Um, and we've always said we wanted to have our own company. But in Dubai, and especially when COVID came and everything, I mean, he already had his own film production company. He, he opened it the moment he finished university. So he's always been his own boss. Um, but we always said, let's do something together. Um, and, um, so we already had ideas. We already were thinking, even before COVID, we were kind of already starting to look into going to Liechtenstein and what we would do. So it wasn't that the idea hit us when we got here. It was already a brainchild for a long time. Um, hmm. but we only founded it for real, um, when we got here. Yeah. So it was already an idea in Dubai that you two yeah. wanted to do, mm -hmm. um, a theater based, was it theater or just improv? Uh, um, in, in um, or was, what was like the main pref premise of the yeah. company when you guys were talking yeah so mainly combining theater and film because um, when what I studied at uni was a lot of kind of um, immersive theater but also multimedia stuff so I was quite interested in that but then when I worked at the improv theater in Dubai after uni it kind of shifted a bit because I enjoyed it so much and kind of because you, you can teach it. That's the thing. You always have to think about how am I going to pay my bills, right? If you have your own sure. company, you have to pay your own salary. You have to pay your rent for your location. You have to pay rent or mortgage for your house. Um, and with improv, you can make a business out of it. You can also teach theater workshops, but it's so much easier with improv. Um, so... That's kind of, and I knew already because I was in the management team of the improv theater in Dubai, kind of how to do it, what to look out for. Um, so that kind of gave me a bit more security of knowing, okay, we can, we can do this. <laughs> we can open a company and we can do it. Um, but when we got here, it kind of, we always say it's a film and theater production company and we offer courses and events. So we have four kind of, pillars in our company and in theater right now it is mainly improv but um there are a few ideas that i just haven't had the time for that are more in text-based theater um or in immersive theater i've also done a big project last summer um where there was it was the theme of improv but it was 20 artists from the region there's this big lake that's four countries border Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and Liechtenstein. We don't actually touch the lake, but they're part of this <laughs> union. Um, and 
every two years, yeah, every two years, um, they host an artist gathering in one of these countries, and then, um, or in one of these regions. There's actually ten regions, and it's within four countries. Um, and every two years, the regions change. And last year was Liechtenstein's term, and the Ministry of Culture they were looking for project managers. So I applied and I thankfully got the role with someone else. So we co-curated and project-led the, the project. And we had 20 artists from all over the region coming and it was the team of improv. And we built a harbor out of shipping containers behind our government building. And it was very, very cool. Um, so I don't just do, so that wasn't, and it was dancers and singers and, and musicians and, and a few improv, like two improv players were there, but it wasn't improv theater the way that we teach it or the way that we perform it. It was generally the idea of improv, but it was more theatrical and more of an experience and more immersive than anything else. So it's it not- was more to sell the, the idea of improv to people that may not know about the art itself. Yeah. Them, no? Yeah. And these people arrived on Thursday evening and on Friday night we had our first performance. So it was also bringing mm. the different art forms together. They hadn't, they didn't know each other before. Um, and we had to kind of find something, a base to to build on with everyone. It was so many different cultural disciplines and to get everyone on the same page and along the same theme. But it was very, very exciting. Um, and this year I'm curating this um, immersive exhibition at a different venue. So it's it's not just improv in a sense. There's also some other projects and some other theatrical experiences that I do um, and that I want to do one day. Um, so yeah, even there. That's really cool. That's um, diversity, you know, not just focusing on just this one thing because that leads to burnout, but also trying out new things and uh, and it, with improv and theater, there's so many outcomes that you can do. Uh, For so sure, that's yeah. Really happy to hear. Yeah, really. and also in the film production side, we do so many different things. We do um, kind of the the client work where people need a video of the event or they need um we've also just done these podcast recordings for they have a podcast but they also want a youtube video that kind of thing um mm. but we also do creative projects there so there's also a balance between what we do just as a service for customers and then also creative projects that are passion projects yeah well yeah really want to want to do and showcase to people that you're yeah, really proud exactly. of and put on a portfolio and yeah, uh and all exactly. that so, there's always a bit of a balance of what pays the bills and what our passion projects. You always have to have <laughs> exactly. having time for the things that pay the bills, but also for the passion yeah. projects. That's the thing. That's why you see, because I studied um, theater studies, so all sorts of different genres and types and things of theater as my as my undergraduate. And as my master's, I did producing. So it was really the business of show business. So I'm quite <laughs> glad I did that because you get so lost in all the things you want to do and you're so passionate. But the bottom line, and that's what I've learned in that course. Bottom line, you got to pay your bills. <laughs> you got to make the money. You got to live. In the <laughs> so, end, it's all about the money. Yeah, that's it. you have that's to. It. That's so, yeah, and a lot of people forget about that, right? So, yeah. Sure. So, you don't For have sure. to have other side jobs to do that. Yeah. And that's a nice thing. And if you're your own boss, you can choose what you would like to do. So. And your own schedule, which is the best thing ever. <laughs> Which That's is- the one thing about which I love about being a freelancer and living, <laughs> especially in South America or now yeah. in Thailand. Okay, yeah. let me work two full weeks, but then the other two weeks I just vacation yeah. <laughs> and I, I go wish somewhere. We at that point now, but yeah, yeah I wish, yeah. I wish as well. You could do a tour. You could do a tour. 
I will I will invest in your tour around whatever Latam, <laughs> Southeast Asia. I will I will help you out, Julie. Please. Okay. All right. And then we need to find someone who runs this place. Because initially, <laughs> yeah, because that that's the thing when you have a venue, right? So we're not exactly. Just a we we started so this building that I'm in right now is an old industrial building. Very cliche, actually, for a new art. Very art, yeah, art. Yeah. Artistic thing. <laughs> it's an old industrial yeah. building, and the factory, the factory is actually still running in the building next to us. It just got smaller, right, with technology. It gets smaller and faster and more computing and stuff, less people. And right. so they converted this side of the, of the building into a big co-working space downstairs. Um, and that's where we started with a desk in 2020. And they had a little bit of an auditorium with a small stage. So we started doing our first workshops and... We didn't do a show yet, but we started training down there. But then very fast, we became too loud and too much. And we needed to book the auditorium <laughs> too many times a week. And it was just too much. It wasn't really for the purpose of the co-working space. Um, but at least we had a place to take clients to, right? And to kind of have meetings. Because before we worked from home and that just didn't work for us. We need that work, like distance between work and home. Um, mm. and, and then the second floor became available. It was an office for a cleaning company. There was a pink yoga studio, like bright pink yoga studio, um, and a storage room. And, um, and the owner of the building who we became friends with quite fast, because it's Liechtenstein, you get to know everyone very fast. Um, he got to know us and he said, you know what? I believe in what you do. And I think, and he also he's gotten to know a lot of startups from the co-working space downstairs. They're kind of a little bit of a startup incubator as well. Um, so <laughs> sorry. it's just my father-in-law popping in. <laughs> um, so um, he said, um, I believe in your idea and I think it can work. And I think if you have your own venue and you make it cool, and I think, you know, I know that you can, um, you'll make money with this. And we could barely afford a desk downstairs <laughs> at that point. And he said, but I want you to take the whole floor, 500 square meters. And we were like, how? How are you paying? Who, who's going to pay for this? Yeah. How are who's, we going to live? Who's multimillionaire from Dubai is going to fund us? Exactly. <laughs> and then he said, okay, listen, I'll give you, this was in August. I'll give you till the end of the year. I'll only, char I'll only start charging you rent from January. You'll have time to convert the space. You'll have time to start on your things. Whoa. And then... We'll look at a payment plan. So we, we also have a, which is very lovely, kind of. What, what a cool guy. We start paying off with a bit of interest towards the end, which is, I mean, you have to, yeah. So um, so we have a bit of a longer contract and he's obviously made sure that we're here. And, um, but yeah, someone believing in our idea, right? That wouldn't have happened if, yeah. if he. Um, lived in and, the vision, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. he lived in the vision and, um, and, and we always said back then, one day, we'll have our own space one day and then within like a year we had our own space um and we renovated everything in here ourselves so you see the the brick in the back that's a wall yeah, the comedy brick wall yeah, yeah. The comedy, the brick. comedy brick wall. so we've we've put that and it's that whole wall there and whoa there. what a cool the space there, cool that space. wall as well it's so big um, it is very hallway. so we spent like a month on putting this wallpaper it took <laughs> every piece every nerve that we've had this wallpaper and then the curtains i've i've sewn these curtains myself i just got the meter like meters and meters of stuff and our stage i don't know if you can see it it's behind me 
Um, we got that mm. from someone who used to do ACDC cover concerts in okay. his <laughs> workshop. So he's a carpenter, and in his carpentry workshop, he used to do concerts with his cover band. And then they stopped it, and he sold it for even less than what the wood is worth. So we got a stage and a bar that you can collapse again, and all these plants are they just found their way to us people just give them to us and we have sofas everywhere that we picked up like on ebay marketplace for free and and we just had to be really good with what we invested in in the beginning and we did everything ourselves so what you don't have in your wallet you have in your arms and legs i guess so we did we did a lot of it ourselves a lot of time and it becomes more fulfilling as well once you see like the finished product and you were the ones who were who built it basically yeah. And just yeah. being sad, we have furniture made out of, you know, those those uh, crates for glass bottles that you have in the bars and stuff with the Coke bottles oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. We made furniture. We got like 80 of them. I don't know if you can see them. I've got some over there. Those black ones. So oh, we made yeah, yeah, yeah. The, table, the tables, the tables, yeah. Yeah, so we made furniture out of that because someone was going to throw them away. And it, it's it's just being very savvy in, in the Prague. beginning. Like just it fits, yeah, we it fits the improv here. Yeah. It yeah. fits the improv, like, uh, yeah, yeah, look, it, feel. it gives it a vibe and an atmosphere and a soul because a lot of things mm. that you see here, because Liechtenstein is a very wealthy country, wherever you go to, not wherever, but a lot of places you go to, you just see someone just spent a lot of money. They have the best furniture, they have the best tech, they have the best everything, everyone, everything's very sleek polished concrete which is the swiss style um <laughs> and um and i think that's why people love coming here we also have um in the ceiling so there used to be these office ceiling tiles but there's lovely mm. kind of um um those industrial windows yeah, so have daylight um and sunlight coming through all day and um, so people love coming here because it just has a vibe it's not perfect if and it's not polished but it's, it just has a soul and a vibe. And I think that's what yeah, people that was, like. It feels more grounded, I feel like, especially as you were saying, like the Swiss like vibe of being very yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, elegant very and uh, yeah. luxury, very bougie. Polished. And then you go there yeah. and it's like more grounded. It's, yeah. uh, it's yeah. very artsy. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of also how it works. And then next door, so we have this one event venue where we play our shows. And then next door, behind the curtain, there's a film and photo studio. It's just a black box. So we painted the pink Ooh. balls black. <laughs> um, and we do what a big place, Judah. I guess the whole Liechtenstein yeah. fits there. Like very big. <laughs> all, <laughs> the, all of the population comes like just for the venue. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It fills it up. And then, because it's not enough, at the same time, we've opened up a makerspace. So, an open woodwork, like a workshop with tools where anyone can go. And so, that's actually a hobby. So, that's a non profit that we've also founded at the same time and that we filled up in the storage room that was at the end of the hall there's a workshop now anyone can go you can it's like the gym you get a membership and you use the tools and you do your projects we have a recycling project in there the precious plastics community we're part of and that's our that's our hobby that's our free time but it's also here so we spend a lot of time there as well <laughs> i think we spent more time here than in our house but um yeah Anything related to arts, it's never time-wasting. I just, it, it, it just sure. makes you feel alive and makes you feel proud for some reason. <laughs> My dad had a book when he owned his restaurant that everyone who was in the arts had to sign it. And then he yeah. always said, 
no to to the politicians that tried to sign the book. He's like, what do you do? He's like, oh, politics. Let me sign the book. He's like, no, 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 no. Only arts. Nice. <laughs> You're not an offer, a painter, nothing. No. Nice. We should do that here. We should have that. But I think there's much many more politicians than the artists <laughs> at least. <laughs> more. But yeah, well, no, that's that's lovely. For sure. Yeah. And um, teaching kids, I'm sure you guys have classes for little kids as well. How is it? Is it hard to make the kids like get out of the shell? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've gotten uh, you you got the perfect timing because this week is actually holidays in Liechtenstein, so they get a week off. It's like a midterm break. They call it the sports mm. holidays because it's perfect weather for skiing. So obviously they have to have a week off the kids. Um, but so you have a holiday for skiing. Yes, yes. It's very bougie here. Um, <laughs> so damn bougie. <laughs> no, I've never heard about it. <laughs> yeah, the sports holidays. Um, so, um, so we actually are having a, a theater camp now this week. So we always do holiday courses. That's the main work that we do with kids, um, this holiday courses. Um, and we have a theater camp right now. We're doing Puss in Boots this week. So that's why there's a lot of kind of coloring there that's all from oh, the kids so got all the benches up with all the crafting things um so we've actually got um kids here this week who are practicing um a play they get to do five scenes and two songs in five days and tomorrow they perform in front of mom and dad and um, they're all very <laughs> nervous they're six years old they're between six and eight so they're really small um, and yeah, it's very cute. I don't think I could do it every day. It does take a lot of energy because you have to bring the energy you expect from them. Um, mm. And especially after snack break, you've got to do something where the energy comes out. Um, but generally, and you always have a little bit of fighting and stuff like that. Um, but generally, I really enjoy doing them. I couldn't do them every day. I don't think I could be a teacher every day. Um, I do need my time away. <laughs> <of kids. laughs> Um, I always say, because we don't have kids ourselves yet, but I always say, uh, the more we work with kids, the more prolonged it will be. I really love doing these theater cam camps and the courses and stuff. But afterwards, I'm always like, oh, God, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Mom and dad. It's over. Coming. The week is over. They're back to school. Yes. Back to my uh, cats and dogs. <laughs> yes, to my cats. I'm a big cat lady. I'm a huge cat lady. Um, but uh, no, I, I like it a lot. Um, and we do a different story all the holidays. And there's some kids that have come every time. And um, no, it's it's really nice. I, I do enjoy it. And then for the older ones, nine to 12, we do Lego stop motion. So they make their own Lego movies. And we've got mm. just tables and tables and boxes and boxes of Lego. And they all write their own movie script. And then they have to animate every single little step and take a picture every time. Um, so that's what my husband does in the holidays. He does the Lego film camp and I do the theater camp and then on Friday we always do a big performance together the play comes first and then everyone premieres their movies that they've done and they have to introduce them and this is our names and this is the title of a movie and <laughs> yeah so it's very cute it's always good and then we always go um, and celebrate with the team because we always have um, helpers as well that help us throughout the week and then we always on Friday evening we all go out and <laughs> celebrate with the team which is nice Oh, I love to hear Very it. Fun. I, I yeah. wish theater was more introduced in Portugal. I guess that's Aww. when you have just yeah. you just have like a good government and good like extracurricular activities in school. You have the, yeah. the opportunity to do these things. And I think yeah. theater really helps sure. people and, and, and kids especially. Uh, because also growing up in Portugal in a public presentation that you have yeah. to do for classes, 
80% of the kids, they're afraid to go in front of the class and present their yeah. presentation. And theater would help tremendously with that and For making sure. them express themselves emotionally, uh, understanding that it's it's not bad to express your emotions and your feelings to an audience. And Absolutely. yeah, make them more confident. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, though, and again, come back to being a very wealthy country. These are all things that the parents pay for. Um, mm. So it's always kind of because here in schools, there's no mandatory theater as a subject. Yeah. Um, when I went to school in Dubai, there was a subject I could choose. I mean, it wasn't one of the mandatory subjects, but I could choose. You could it choose, as a, yeah. Um, and I taught at an international school, which is just across the Rhine. And they have that too. You can choose theater as a subject. But um, in Liechtenstein, you don't have that option. Um, so I think, and generally, because we're part of, I don't know if you've heard of Azitej. It's, uh, it started in France, which is why it has a weird, small, hmm. what is it called? Wait, anyway. Um, so um, it's, uh, oh, how do I say it properly? So there's Azitej groups in all countries. I'm sure there's one in Portugal as well that um, lobby for theater for kids and teens. So from very small mm. to all the way to teens. And they Is it like an NGO, out. like uh, an, un an organization like made by the people just to yeah, try no, to fund yes, these profit, Yeah, no yeah, profit exactly. or anything. Yeah. yeah, so that's what it is. So here in Liechtenstein, all the artists who offer anything in arts and culture for kids, they're all part of it. And we all come up with mm. ideas together on gotcha. how we can talk to the government to do this or how we can do events that are free for families or um, all sorts of different projects. And there's different groups all over the world. And they also meet up and they compare. Um, so there's just there was just a big um, artistic gathering um, last year. The next big one is in Cuba, where all of them from all over the world come together. Um, and, and this is very important that there's also artists coming together. Because every, if everyone's just fighting for themselves, it's really hard. Um, but um, you can also learn from each other's practices and what each other's governments do. So you can kind of push for things in your own. Um, exactly. But I think especially just introducing it as one lesson a week in school, it will just really help um, for kids and to express to, themselves and to learn yeah. things. And it does something generate to interest to pursue then as well yeah. later on. Or let people choose, do it creative arts, and you can choose if you want to do music or if you want to do theater. You can also, or dance, you know, let kids. Because I understand, like, if people pushed me into a music lesson, I wouldn't enjoy that because I'm just not very musical. But I love theater mm -hmm. and maybe I would have liked to do dance. But let the kids choose. But do one one subject, one lesson a week or one double lecture a week, and you can pick which one you like. But then you have to have the staff and the money and all of that, and it's not important for the economy. But at the end of the day, you're putting out people who can talk in front of a crowd, who are who know their body and who know how they can present themselves and how to read others as well and how to listen. Um, so, yeah, I think it starts in schools for sure. That's how everyone, it doesn't matter what you earn. It doesn't matter what you can afford or where you can go. Because it's not just if you can afford the classes, if you can get to it, you know. Mm. So Accessibility um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And well, it, it's in schools. It should be a mandatory thing. Just like learning mm -hmm. languages or just like learning science. 
Do we need physics, chemistry, and biology? Just pick. We really need Peter. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are right. You are right. In like elementary school, so many sciences, but then artsy things, nothing. Yeah. No, no drawing, yeah. no exactly. theater, no singing, no dancing, nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes you get the arts, like the drawing arts classes, and that's also already very important. Um, but yeah. After a certain age, just let the kids choose what they want. That one type of art. If it's drawing, dancing, singing, music Whatever. generally, or theater, mm. just one, at least one. It will bring you so far. And it does so much to your brain um, and your mm -hmm. development. But yeah. It's, yeah. That would be really cool, actually. Like, um, like as a university, be able to choose like one subject from like a specific yeah. field. Like in For elementary sure. school, as I said, like choose dance, theater. Uh, drawing like something arts related in in that part, like something yeah, like learning that. an instrument yeah. and curve, really beneficial. Uh, in, and yeah, I remember in Germany. So I went to middle school, kind of in Germany, um, and there we had that. You could choose if you wanted to do carpentry, if you wanted to do cooking, if you wanted to do theater, music. Ooh, you could choose. Pretty cool. You have one subject a week where you could choose, and you had a catalog of very hands-on life things so it was either creative so or really very important good governments man good yeah. government yeah i don't know if that's you know, I, 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 I just realized this year i've lived the same amount of years in germany as i have outside of germany so it's kind of i don't know what has changed now um i'm not very up to date with those kind of things that could have stopped at this point i don't know but um <laughs> but yeah um yeah but i think it's really important well, to start it just helps you i sure. started when that yeah, I've always done theater. Always. Yeah. I always told my mom that, why did you never push me to the theater? I always <laughs> love to be in yeah. front of a crowd and just be silly. My mom you can just start it now. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I listen, when I was living, 100%, when I was living in Chile, I actually wanted to do improv as well. But the yeah. problem is, I speak Spanish fluent, but... I'm not confident in Spanish because exactly. tell me if I'm wrong when I say this. You have different personalities in the language that you're speaking. When I speak Portuguese, I feel different than when I speak English or when I speak Spanish. I don't know if this is just me, but I yeah, I think it's just the level of, of confidence that you have <laughs> with maybe the languages yeah. that you're fluent in. But I also think there's no better way to get fluent in a language than to push yourself to improv in it. That is true. That is true. You know what? <laughs> I will go back to Chile in May. I will try the improv there. I, I put it here. I will go there. You can say the words that you know. There's no script where you're like, oh, God, I don't know what that word means. Just say yeah, the words that, that is true. you know. Yeah. And that you are confident in. And, you know, it doesn't have to be Shakespearean. You can, you know, <laughs> just enjoy it and listen. And, yeah, just by throwing yourself into it. We also, in our English group, so we have two ensembles, actually. We have one that trains on Monday, which is the German one. And we have one on Wednesdays, which is the English one. Um, and no one in our English group has English as their mother tongue or their first language. Everyone is mm. second language English, but they're expats. So, I mean, English also isn't my mother tongue, but I've kind of lived in different places and stuff. But um it's it's very interesting and it, it just helps you in your language development and it helps you with just communicating with each other. But we also play games where we switch languages in the scene. So if you and I were in a scene together and we have a director and you speak Spanish, Portuguese and English and I only speak English and German, um, he or she would ding the bell and we'd start the scene in English. They ding the bell and just say, OK, now the scene continues in Portuguese. You start oh. talking fluently. 
and I start making noises as if I know Portuguese. Ah, <laughs> amazing. Well, I, I have to have a video of it. There. That would be so damn fun. That's then cool. we go back to English, and then it might go to German, and then you have to protect <laughs> with full confidence that you know German. As long as you make the noises and it sounds like it, Amazing. it's Amazing. such a fun game to play with a super international group. Um, yeah. To the language uh, swap is so fun um, to do because you just yeah, and and it's really hard to just sound exactly. like or just yeah. pretend that. You try to copy might be very funny when you only know a few words and then yeah. you keep repeating you just the same, repeat word the same words the same and words again and, again. Yeah, and the same words yeah, in yeah. different intonations, let's say. So, so with, uh, I had this with Italian um, the other day and then I was just saying, spaghetti, pasta, pizza. Yeah. But it's actually <laughs> fun. With the hands. <laughs> yeah, with the hands. The hands. But you, you do that in the beginning. And then when you want to level up, you really try. You really try and pronounce it. And it's gibberish, but it sounds Italian. You know, that's kind mm. of the next level. This, the safe zone is saying words that might be Italian or are Italian. But the second level is really gibberish with the pronunciation of Italian. Oh. Um, so, so that's really a push. Um, but yeah, there's so many different levels and how you start with a game and how far you can take it. Um, and then obviously when you switch back to English, you have to pick up, you have to continue the conversation. You don't pick up where you left off in English. You've said stuff, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. So yeah, it's really wow. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Those are things you can play with, yeah. But yeah. It's amazing, Julia. Julia, we are counting an end on our podcast. Uh, this passed by very fast, very fast, very fast. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation and coming here and sharing your history with us. But before I finish up this episode, Guilherme wants to do the question he does every single episode. Feel free, buddy. For sure, for sure. Before you answer my question, Julie, I just wanted to know, because I found about this big party that happens once a year, is all of the population of Liechtenstein go to this party on the castle to meet the prince? Is it the prince? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, Tell me about it. <laughs> so it's the national day, which is okay. um, August, and every resident gets an invitation in the mail, and we we don't go to the castle. I've been once actually, which was brilliant. <laughs> um, you don't you actually go, to the, go <laughs> to the to the place you are right now because it fits everyone um, in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Um, so you don't go inside the castle. There isn't enough space for 40,000 people. And not even everyone turns up. But Because um, also there's old people and babies in those numbers, right? There's a big field, a grass field, a very big grass field outside the castle. And there's a stage. And the prince does his address every year. Um, and you get an invitation in the mail. And not everyone goes, but a lot of people do. Um, and he does a speech to the to the people in front of his castle. Um, mm -hmm. And afterwards, there's food and drink. There's like an uproar, um, and you you get to go. Yeah, I haven't I haven't been to be honest um, to that because we do other things or we're not here. It's kind of at the end of the summer holidays. Um, and then in all of Vaduz, which is the capital, there's a big party. There's different stages with music. There's food vendors and games and. All sorts of stuff going on. It's one big party for one day, and the day the uh, the day after is a public holiday. So everyone cool. always has the day off. Just goes that. hard, hardest. Yeah. 
they've ever and been. Yeah. When is it? When is it? Like the uh, date? Fifteenth of August. Okay. 15th of August. Yeah. So if you ever want to come, you're more than invited to good. come. You're welcome. We'll show you around you. anytime. Oh, one hundred percent, Julie. One hundred percent. I will fly to Zurich. Take the bus. Yes. Just exactly. go there to listen. Uh, yes. I won't say there will fly to here. I'll fly to Zurich <laughs> and take a bus. Exactly. Amazing, Julie. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, Julie, to end our podcast, I will ask you, what is the thing that makes you the most proud about now being from Liechtenstein? <laughs> yeah. Being with your husband Oof. from Liechtenstein, from there. So when you the talk to people... Uh, you yeah. see, you're from Liechtenstein. What is like the first thing that comes to your mind to kind of represent the country and give whatever you go abroad, and then you say um, to people about the country? The beautiful nature that we have, and the variety and diversity of nature that we have, just in this tiny speck of it's beautiful. You look out any window wherever you are, and it's just gorgeous. It's just snow-covered mountains, fields. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, that's that's what I tell people. And when you do come to Liechtenstein, don't just stop in Vaduz. Don't just get off the, the I've visited three countries in one day bus, but mm -hmm. you need to go up the mountains. You need to go up and down the country. The capital doesn't, it's beautiful. I don't want to get kicked out, but it doesn't <laughs> exiled from the country. Speaking <laughs> yeah. shit represent. about the capital. Yeah, it really doesn't represent what Liechtenstein is all about and what you get to see. You really have to go up the mountain. I mean, I also live up the mountain, but uh, you have to go there. You have to see the sights. You have to go to where the, the ski resort is, either in summer or winter. You can do beautiful hikes for hours, considering how small it is. Um, we have actually four, with four castles. We have the one that the prince lives in. There's one that you can go into, which is um, a medieval castle and two castle ruins. Um, so there's a lot to see, and don't just stop in the capital. See everything. It's small enough to see everything <laughs> in one day. <laughs> amazing, oh, yeah. wow. Julie. Amazing, Julie. Well, thank you so much. Very great to to hear about oh. this country and get to know all of those, you know, breaking stereotypes. You know, what I'm saying yeah. because sometimes it's, it's you know this this country is very unknown country pass by and then you don't know anything about the country and then when you start to get into know and you open your mind about it it's this feeling it's pretty cool and yes. i feel i feel guilherme feel the same right now in india and all this oh podcast. absolutely it, it generates yeah. so much interest and curiosity about exactly. yeah. getting to this place now yeah for sure please come visit Anytime. 100%. We also have English and prof shows. There'll be entertainment when you come. <laughs> I will be in that 100%. Julie, 100% for now. Guaranteed. It's a yeah, promise. Geez. All right. Cool. And, and I'll be send actually, me the dates. I'll be going to Portugal soon. So I'll be checking out for my birthday. So, yeah. Really? When? Uh, when? When are you going? Uh, on the 11th of May, I'm going to Sintra. All right. Ooh, such good. a beautiful ruined ruined town. It's like mm -hmm. beautiful ruins and uh, very also like castles. Yeah. Like very hikes, unique. walkways, very very yep. unique. I can send you like a few going attractions with... for you to see there. Nice. I'm yeah. going with 14 of my friends. We got a very big house. It's my 30th. So, um, yeah. Uh, Last big party big before yeah. all. Then I'm officially old. <laughs> the adult. <laughs> before you turn into an adult. RYP to then you're an adult. So yeah, my, my 30th birthday bash will be in Portugal. So yeah. Wow. I'm looking really, forward to really, that. really but happy yeah, to hear that. If you have any that. tips for Sintra, please send it my way. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. Cool. I will. All right. All right. It was lovely to meet you guys. I'm glad I replied to you on Instagram. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. We appreciate it a lot. Appreciate it. Cool. And to our listeners, thank you so much for reaching the end of the episode. I hope you guys loved listening about Liechtenstein and this very small country with so much to give. And hopefully, you guys, if you're in Europe or even abroad and want to visit Europe, take a step in Liechtenstein. Go for a hike. Not just the capital, but the whole country. Go to One the day, mountains. two days maybe. Two days, two days, two days in the country. Um, and be sure to follow us on at podcast WWP on Instagram and Facebook. Give us a review on Spotify, Spotify. And Apple Podcasts, and a comment on YouTube, guys. Please. And we'll see you all in the next one. Bye bye. Very important for us. Make sure to follow Julian on Instagram as well. Make sure to follow her project. And Julia, what's the nick of your Instagram for the project? I mean, the improved group. Yeah. It's Creative Academy with a K. Um, okay. Yeah, just look it up. Creative Academy Liechtenstein, and you'll find us. Amazing. Thank you so much, my dears. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you.